Greetings, glorious beings. I'm Paulette, your host of Thriving in Chaos, the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce you to sparkling examples of inspiring, powerful, wise, and trailblazing women. I've curated experts in their fields to help us all listen, learn, and grow towards all the possibilities of living your best life. As a certified divorce coach, I regularly witness a range of deep emotions. What those emotions have taught me is all we really need to support our sisters is to share our knowledge and loving kindness. Please subscribe and thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. Now let's thrive in the chaos. The trend of eco-friendly and zero waste. How did you find that? How did you just stumble upon it? Did you used to, were you the kind of little girl that used to like hang out in CVS and like fantasize about makeup and shampoo and hair and earrings and, and you didn't realize how toxic that, I'm gonna swear, shit is? Or were you always from a little girl aware that how toxic these products were and that there had to be a better way. So I grew up in a very hippie minded household. Like we were brewing kombucha when I was like seven. Um, Like we had to ground our chi and my, she did, my mother did like our natal chart. So it was very much like the way, like she was recycling and bringing her own um, like uh, to dinner, like take home, Thing, you know like a container and I was mortified of course um, but now people are doing that and I, I look back and I'm like oh she was like 30 years ahead of her time that's really amazing um so she was I grew the up together. exactly and so like we were recycling before like our city had a recycling like thing so we had to take it other places when I was living in Pasadena there was nothing for the city so I had to go to like a special center and like sort my own recycling. So I was always very planet minded um, and then always very conscious of food ingredients. And there was a moment where I was like, wait a minute, I think I read an article about like skin and that you absorb up to 60% of what you put on it. And that was like a lightning bolt moment for me. And I was like, oh my God, it's like food. Like, you need to be conscious of it. Like, cause I feel like a lot of people think it's like this impenetrable barrier. And, uh, so it was very, a moment where I was like, I need to research like absolutely everything. And so for them, from that moment of researching all of the ingredients and realizing like, Oh, you can buy like a $5 moisturizer at Target, but this is why you shouldn't. And so, um, yeah, in looking for those, like, and the years that it took of all the research and what I was looking for, I couldn't find it anywhere. And so that's kind of the short version of why I started making it was just really for me. Did you study, not medicine, but- um, Like herbalism? No, no, well that too. But did you, st- when you said that the skin absorbs 60% of what you put mm-hmm. on it, did you go then into research mode and get books and like find out is that fact or fiction and how dedicated did you become to studying the science behind that? 
obsessive. Um, <laughs> I am a researcher just in general. That's something that is fun for me. Um, and so when I am interested in something, it's like the next step is learn absolutely everything you possibly can. So when I was researching that, and it is like, that's a 60% is a general rule of thumb, certain it's up to. So certain things absorb more readily, certain things don't really, certain things aren't important. So it was an obsessive research. And then when I decided that I was going to start making these things and selling them when it wasn't just for me, I spent three years of self-study, which was like, I was single and had no children at that point. So I had days to devote to things. So I would study obsessively about everything until I knew every good, bad property of every oil and butter and essential oil and herb and all of those things. So it was a really long process. I wanted to, I didn't take to it lightly. I wanted to make sure that I fully understood everything that I was using. Okay. Well, uh, looking at you, not only are you beautiful, but man, do you know how to do makeup? <laughs> Thank you. And what, I do love makeup. Uh, well, no, go for it. But, you know, we as women sometimes apologize for being beautiful, and and you shouldn't, right? I try to tell my my friends, my clients, my family, everyone in my life when they say, "You are so beautiful that." you know you are who you are like blame your parents right you get the dna <laughs> you get the dna you get mm -hmm. you certainly can't um negate it or you know change it but mm -hmm. there's there's those days when you really just don't even feel like wearing makeup right and just like mm -hmm. being you and but regardless it's not something we should be uncomfortable about like beauty is skin deep mm -hmm. fun but then there's this, this essence of being able to own your femininity, your goddess, your, the, I love the spiritual quirkiness of your Instagram posts. They're, they're not sarcastic, but they're, they're definitely a little edgy and I embrace it. And man, Jillian, I just love the fact that you have that, that authenticity about you because you are so authentic and so raw and real not only in the products you make and the um, integrity of your company and what you stand behind, but the, the message that you get across to other women about standing tall, being proud and, and owning their power and their beauty, not only in everything from deodorant to um, you know conditioner or whatever the heck they're putting on their body, but in their, their smile and their, their glow and their and also being a female entrepreneur, right? There's something scary about putting yourself on the line mm -hmm. and creating a business and a brand and products and being vulnerable and putting yourself out there financially, not only um, your reputation, but your bank account. You feel like, oh God, if this fails, I am so screwed. And I, I see this courage and determination in you that balances the spirituality and the beauty that you have. So I don't know if I hit that home run with that description of what, you know, I see from my reason to follow you and to learn about you and to know your products are what they say they are. And I know because my husband sells them and loves them and, and, and uses them personally, 
I haven't used your products yet, but that's why I also reached out to you because I want to. So I wanted to learn more about you because I also tend to influence women who are really seeking wellness and transformation and empowerment. And that's everything you stand for. Thank you. Thank you for seeing that. I really appreciate it. I, I try my best and I love what you said about, um, people not apologizing. My, one of my biggest, not pet peeves because it's, they're not doing it intentionally, but when somebody's not wearing makeup and they're like, Oh, like, sorry. And you're like, that is your face. (laughs) Don't apologize. Like that's your face. And so, yeah, I think it's so important. I think that women, a lot of times we unconsciously look for permission to like be ourselves and like feel like it's in every situation especially somebody that you don't know well it's kind of like well let me let me just not be too much or too loud or too anything and um but I feel like we're all playing this game and if everybody were just comfortable and themselves then the other person like with like an unspoken just oh okay like you just know to relax and open up and oh, okay, it's okay to be me. And so I think that's anywhere that that can be encouraged is so important in my opinion. So, mm. yeah. But, um, all right, well, Jillian, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit in this little mini interview. What line of makeup do you use? If you, do, if you don't, do you make your own line of makeup? So that has been on the to do come out yeah well and I have like things blended just sitting there like um so yes I do have available now um eyeliner and that's what I use I have like a finishing powder and then I have like a blush a bronzer and some um eyeshadows that I have but I'm not 100% like perfected on them yet I want them to be perfect and so that the mascara is sitting there so all of those things are coming um but i do buy other makeup i use tarte which i really like a lot um they still have some ingredients that i don't always like but i read them on every single one um and they are a certified cruelty free their ingredients tend to be a lot better but there are a few that like just just came out that are also really good brands that you can find easily at like sephora or ulta um so wait you did you say tart uh-huh like t-a-r-t mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds so, kind of flirty and fresh right like it a is tart. yeah it's fun and i so their foundation is the one that i use and it's like a clay an amazonian clay base um and the ingredients in it are the cleanest that i have found um and that it still works and it's not like you know, you have to try them, see if it works for you. Of course, yeah. Um, so I use their mascara as well and a lot of their shadows, like I have their palette. So that's the one that I tend to rely on the most because I've already researched it, but there are more coming out that are clean brands. So your intention is to de- to develop, market, and release um, a full line of makeup? Yes, yes. Why, oh why, oh why? Is mascara the bitchiest thing to make organic? It's so that hard. So why, I have, why is it? Because the way, so you can get it to go on and be like long lashes, 
but the drying of it is so hard. And so that's been the thing that I have been playing with so much because I have one that I love. I love the consistency of it. I love like the lengthening, but it- But then it, it gets all down here. Exactly. And, and so if you at all do this, you're gonna look like a raccoon. And yeah. so I've tried to do where you sprinkle it with the finishing powder afterwards and that works, but it's still not dry. The way that, you know, if you put the chemicals in it or the, everything's a chemical, but the, the drying chemicals in it that, so that's like the trickiest thing. And that's been like kind of the bane of my existence for like three years, but it's sitting there and I'm like 90% happy with it, but it's just the drying part of it. That's so right. tough. I've always wanted to ask that question, so thank you for humoring me. I am a mascara whore. I I love mascara. I yeah. if I could only go with one product, mm -hmm. that would suck because it would have to be a lip balm because I have mm -hmm. the driest. If I'm outdoors and we lived in Belize for three years and it's hot as hell, and even though it's humid, it, your lips just get really dry. So I was always applying. Um, an oil, a serum, or whatever, and and putting on lip balm. But I really wanted that waterproof mascara because mm -hmm. my eyelashes are so blonde. You you just they I'm I'm just albino and I yeah, yeah I have no face, so I always wear mascara and lip gloss or like a and you don't need bronzer when you live in the Caribbean because you're always no. sun and burnt anyway. So mascaras by my the bane of my existence because mm -hmm. I am literally addicted to mascara. So when and if you need a mascara guinea pig, yeah. I am your girl. I will sell it to the world when, yes. you, when you find it, make it. Now, tell me about this brand name, Butter Me Up. What does that mean? Where did you get it? It's sort of fresh, but it's also so clean. And like, where did that name Butter Me Up Organics come from? And then you can tell me the story behind it. So it came from um, the very first item I made after my frustration of when I was living in Pasadena, I was only shopping at Whole Foods. And so um, that's the only place around me that had any sort of clean ingredients. So I went in looking for a lotion, which now that I make things, that's like one of the hardest things to make because the shelf life is so short. Um, and so I was looking and looking and the only thing that like somewhat fit in to the realm of what I was looking for was a body butter. And I was so mad, this was 2008, I spent $25 on this body butter, which is like, I feel like that would be like a $40 body butter now. And I was like, just mad. I was like, you know what, I can make this, like I can make this. And so that was like the moment that it was like done. I am making this, so I was, started with body butters and things like that. And I was brainstorming names and I feel like this is very like apropos because this is kind of the product that started it. It works, it fits. And I don't know, it just, it stuck. It's so simple is best. <laughs> Do you make kombucha? Not anymore. I haven't for a long time. And that was like what I did as a child. Um, but I need to get into it again. I have so many friends that do. I can just pick up a scooby from them, but um, no, I don't brew it right now. Well, you don't need to apologize. <laughs> I was just curious, because I know if I grew up in a house where my mother or father made kombucha, I, I, I would still be doing it, so. 
Maybe you could have a, instead of butter me up, it could be like bubble me up. Ah, cute. Have a line of kombucha too. Yeah, bubble me up kombucha. Wouldn't that be fun? It's a great That would be. It is good. All right. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit more here too with your spirituality connection to your products. I don't know quite how to ask the lead-in question of that, but it's, it's really fascinating how we're not just buying a beauty product mm-hmm. or a, a health product, mm-hmm. uh, something to give us softer skin or you know whatever it is we're suffering from. How do you find that the connection of spirituality marries or blends with the ingredients or the business model of an organic, sustainable beauty line product? And why is it or is it not what attracts your clients or your customers to want to buy from you? Yeah, I think that nowadays you have to be really aware of the message that you put out there. I feel like taking ownership and responsibility of what you do is really important. Um, And that whether that be the message or for me, the whole line it takes of um, ingredients and where they come from and, and the processing material, all of that. Like, I just think it's really important to be responsible in that way. And so when you are somebody who has any sort of influence and I'm not saying that I have influence, but if you're putting messages out there that, I mean, your feed affects you. I feel like whether you realize it or not, what you're reading and what you're taking in is really important. And so if I'm putting messages out there to me, it's really important that that be positive and that it be something that can bring, um, value to somebody's life even if it makes them feel good for two seconds you know I feel like that's important and that adds up and so with this being a handmade business um like I make everything and so my heart and soul is in there whether you want it or not like it's you're getting it (laughs) and so I feel like if I were to step back and like what would make me choose a company if it's just going to be like product after product after product, like, okay, what makes that any different than the next feed that I'm watching that has product after product after product? And I feel like my ingredients are definitely different, but that only appeals to so many people. And so the spirituality is the me part of it. And so it's kind of like, well, this is me and this is the stuff that I create. Why not marry those? Because it's, it's in there anyway. And so now you're just kind of getting the full picture, you know, does that make sense? It's much clearer to me. I just uh, wanted to hear it from you. The, uh, the visual of you handcrafting, designing, formatting, you know, creating every molecule cell of every product and placing it into these lovely packages and shipping them all over. And you really are giving a piece of yourself, mm-hmm. a piece of your heart, your soul, your spirit. And 
sprinkling that <laughs> intention anywhere and everywhere that you make those products. And then even more so, Jillian, the visual I have is then that woman or man uses the product, right? You mm -hmm. are now integrating into them, into their pores, into their blood, into their lymphatic system, their immune system, um, their endocrine system, and healing a part of them with your intention now not only comes from a, a laboratory, if you want to call it that, right? I'm no scientist, but into a packaging, into the, you know, God forbid, the postal system or whatever you use. And, um, the, the, you know, the, the dilemma we all have now with, you know, shipping, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, then they open it and they're literally getting a hug from you. Like an emotional, spiritual, beautiful sense of, of karma and love and wellness and intention with a message of you are safe, you are well, you are loved, I care about you. And use these products to now heal and, and, and live your best life because you, you formatted them instead of buying things from a mass produced form. So, um, I don't know if I summarized you it said. Yes, yes, thank you, yes. That's exactly what I see. And there's a big difference buying something from that other than Burt's Bees, who's sold out to Clorox. And I know, sorry about that. Um, and um, gosh, should we keep listing, you know, the Noxemas and the, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Revlons and the Maybellines and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And even, you know, the, the little bit more of a natural type brands that are out there, they're still mass produced. Mm -hmm. They really are. And you don't know who the heck's making it. Uh, and I know when I buy your product, where it came from, that it was formatted with heart and soul and science and love and intention. And that's why I love to support not only my clients, my, my women who are going through change, transformation, healing, and trying to build up their strength muscles and their, their gumption and their guts to get through any sort of life change, whether it be disease, divorce, job, moving, financial ruin, uh, I see it all. And this is really where we have to not only build our tribe of other people that are just like us that can then can nurture us, but also to, to, to heal and uh, nourish our bodies to such a point where we're able to live our best life and that of our children and our families. It doesn't start with processed food and it doesn't start with Maybelline. 100%. Speak on it, girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> so I want to shift a little bit to the plastic epidemic ah, because yeah. that's another thing that really pisses me off is packaged products in plastic, plastic, plastic. No matter where I go, it's an inundation of plastic. And I try hard to bring a bag or a, a whatever and and Steve and I are spoiled because we live in an agri-hood and we drive an electric golf cart and there's an organic farm and oh, the so store crazy. gives you nothing but paper bags or you bring your own, damn it, or just do without and carry the loaf of bread home, will you? But, mm -hmm. but the loaf of bread still comes in plastic sometimes, mm -hmm. right? So, ah! Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but we, we're either part of the solution 
or part of the problem. 100%. Now, your products are all packaged in glass, tin, mm -hmm. or paper. Mm -hmm. All completely recyclable, reusable, renewable. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really important to me is that we don't just buy products that we, yes, it can be recycled, but you can actually reuse the little glass containers or the little metal containers. Mm -hmm. um, so I find that that is one of the reasons that I really enjoy um, supporting and educating. I'm all about resources. Many of my clients say, well, what kind of shampoo do you use? What toothpaste do you use? What's dry skin brushing? Oil pilling and tongue scraping and, and you know, all that kind of stuff because Ayurveda and yoga and those are things that I've studied extensively and, and you know, try to walk the walk, but man, that shit still comes in plastic. Mm -hmm. It does and it's so frustrating, but just like you said, like the smallest change is so important. Anything that you can do, and I feel like people are like, it's an all or nothing mentality, and it's not. It's every choice that you're making. I mean, there are some times where you just can't. Like the place that you went is not doing things, and you just, you need lunch, and you're right there, something like that. But you can't beat yourself up over that one if you're making all of these wonderful choices throughout the day. And as a, like I was talking about with responsibility, I could not start a business and know that I was putting out, oh my God, I don't know how many containers it would be at this point of things that are just like you lived in Belize. It's in that rooting that beautiful ocean, you know, you can't do that. And so it was vitally important to me from, I've been zero waste from day one. Nobody knew what the heck that was in the beginning. Um, but it was just something that was so important. And I had all metal lids in the beginning. Um, people did not understand that. And they were very expensive at that time. So I switched. And finally, in the last year, people have been asking, asking. So we've switched back to all metal lids, which is, I don't know if anybody else is going to celebrate with me, but it's incredible. I'm so happy about that. Um, but it is, it's so important to take responsibility for your purchases and for me as the maker um, to do the earth right, you know, <laughs> to, to do that. Cause you know, not everybody's going to even understand it, but I know what it is, you know, and then we've taken it so far as um, like everything. So like the printer paper that I use is all this super, fancy steam distilled so that even the production of it, like it's made from all recycled materials, but the production of it is not polluting the environment. And so um, any way that I can do business differently, excluding my, you know, my personal life I do as well, but for running this business, um, anything that I can buy in bigger bulk and that I can reduce the packaging on when I get it or you know, obviously the the suppliers that I get everything from are all cruelty-free and um, sustainably farmed and fair trade and all of that. So I feel like it's important to know the process as well as the future of what is going to, like the impact that you're making. Right. It's scary that 
we have limited resources. And exactly. the one resource that we can't live without, the earth, that, that's a big, big resource there that is being destroyed. So mm -hmm. um, I want everyone, including myself, to be more conscious of the decisions that we make with to go. Is it to go? You know, bring your own damn cup, right? I, I forget and it drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, there's always those times where you spontaneously will stop into a coffee shop or, you know, run in to get a fill in the tank mm -hmm. and you and you aren't prepared because it is mm -hmm. spontaneous. And for those mm -hmm. times you need to make make sure maybe we keep stuff in the trunk. Maybe we yeah. you know, have a bag of bags in the trunk or the back seat, mm -hmm. although I like to keep my car pretty cluttered free. It's nice to have that go-to place where you can mm -hmm. have the cup or the fork or the whatever so that you're not wasting it you know that yeah the to-go to industry is the reason that we have so much trash on the side of the road landfills and the uh, this whole misnomer that you know everything is recyclable well we know it's not and we know they're not doing it i was really happy to hear oh it's recyclable it's recyclable it's recyclable but then come to hear that that stuff either just ends up in a landfill or, you know, uh, isn't really recycled or God only knows yeah. what we're really doing with it. I'd, I'd love to see a documentary on what's really happening to that because it's still a little bit of an undercover, um, shh, don't talk about it world. Exactly. Yeah. Recycling is the last line of defense. So a lot of times people think like, oh, I can recycle it. Um, but just like you said, a lot of times it isn't, there are full, I don't know if you've seen the photos, but there are full, um, giant like warehouses full of compacted, like to be recycled things. And it's like, it's not, it's just growing. So yeah, anything that like, I feel like people need to prioritize in reusing, repairing, upcycling, not purchasing or like you said, bringing your own containers. And I feel like a lot of times too, it's, I mean, it is very overwhelming and I, I don't, um, I don't underplay that at all. You know, I'm not like, oh my gosh, you guys need to do every single thing. Just one change at a time, like one product switch, one, I feel like a lot of times the, um, the hardest part is like the thinking about doing it rather than the execution of it. So like if, like you said, if you buy a to-go cup and some reusable produce bags and some totes and you keep them in your car, you are like, oh, this wasn't that hard at all. Like, <laughs> oh, this is what I've been freaking out about. So making those switches and thinking about, you know, it can be motivating if you start tallying up all of the plastic that you're not using, you can be like, oh my gosh this week I didn't use these, 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 and I still made the purchases that I want. And I saved all these things like that's so nice. Or how many straws you didn't take just choosing a simple thing and kind of rewarding yourself when you're noticing the change or the impact that you're making it can be fun. One little step at a time. Exactly. I'm going to switch gears a little bit more here about women who are contemplating making changes in their lives mm -hmm. and we're talking a little bit about change here even if it's a a cup a a, a grocery bag a, mm -hmm. a, if you take two products and it's oh this one's in a glass container oh this one's in a plastic container mm -hmm. just contemplating making changes 
whether it be, it could be something huge like starting a business or getting a divorce or quitting a job or moving, or maybe it's something as small as making a conscious decision about which lip gloss to buy. <laughs> I notice that there are two kinds of women or people really, those that encourage you and lift you up and praise you and uh, are your cheerleader mm -hmm. or those that tear you down. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. What would you do that for? Oh, that's silly. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to die anyway. And, and attitude, right? We've got, kind of got those two mindsets of like standing be beside you, holding hands. I'm going to walk down there with you and, and support you. I try to see myself as the one that is a cheerleader and a supporter for anybody that is willing to make themselves on their own timetable and decision-making process of what they want to do to better themselves. Not what I think they should do. It doesn't really matter what the hell I think they should do. I live my life. You live your life. I'm here to support you. You're here to support me. And when we do run up against those people that are, you know, I call them negative Nancy's, nothing personal. All you people out there named Nancy, but you know, it, it could be Nelly or whatever, but it's just an acronym. So, um, it, not alliteration, not an acronym, silly, uh, where the, where you find yourself hanging out with these people that just make drain you and drag you down. And they're, they're still, don't even get me into plant-based diet and, and, and all that business. So, uh, I try to be really supportive of people no matter what they do. So why is it that women tear each other down instead of support each other? I think it's unhealed trauma. I think that always comes from people who are reflecting back what they hurt inside. You know, I feel like that's something that they always say it has nothing to do with you. People's reactions have nothing to do with you. It has entirely to do with them. And when you take that out of it, I feel like one, it gives you more empathy to deal with them and say, like, not take it to heart. Be like, okay, well, I want none of that. So thank you for your opinion. And, you know, kind of keep them at a distance. And I also feel like when people are on a healing journey, you realize how much when you give and when you, when you, pour love into anyone, but especially women to women is so, so important, as you know. When you pour that love into someone, you can see the change. You can see them stand taller. You can see them change. And so when you realize that it takes nothing away from you in your life, like, I can tell you, you're very beautiful. Does that make me less beautiful? Absolutely not. It is saying it is pouring more love into someone and showing them how important it is to just, you're emulating what they would want as well. And so I feel like those moments are your, like the negative Nancy, like it's, that's on them and that's their choices to reflect their pain or start their healing. And unfortunately i don't think that they have so that's sad yeah it, it but it, but you summed that up so nice i love that that was great so where did this little edgy social media presence come from 
know. It's, I feel like when I live and breathe my business, like it's, it's me manning the ship, most of the woman in the ship, most of the time. And so, um, it really has become an extension of myself and I'm very sassy and it just is. <laughs> so, um, I am very conscious not to post anything that's going to be like negatively offensive, but I feel like sassy is really fun. So sassy is really fun, Jillian. Sassy is fun. No, I love it. It's one of the, one of the reasons I'd love to read your posts and follow you and just, it's got that little sassy, edgy, edginess. Uh, did not mean to insinuate it in any no. way that you were a negative Nancy. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, not, not in the slightest. There, you know, there's a difference between being snarky and sassy mm -hmm. and fresh and edgy and, and fun and entertaining, mm -hmm. you know, and just downright um, judgmental and disregarding and disrespectful and, and alienating, you know, now we're, we're going down a whole nother road. That, that's yeah. not where I, I'm going. So, so yeah, it's just who you are, right? Just your DNA and just, and, and we don't have to take everything so seriously, you know, like it's fun. Life is fun. Right. So speaking of social media, what is the best way for people to follow you, learn about you, learn about your products, uh, educate themselves about Butter Me Up Organics and you and what you stand for? How do they find you? So I, as you know, love Instagram. So I'm at Butter Me Up Organics. Um, my website is buttermeuporganics.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook. I've been on Etsy forever. Um, so yeah, but Instagram is my preferred way of educating and getting the word out and being a little snarky. <laughs> well, go snark. I love snark. It's such a fun word, too. I know. Well, everybody, thank you. We're just kicking off 2020. Uh, I wanted to have an, a couple episodes right off the bat about a new fresh start, a new point of view, setting the next, next decade off with a bang, with intention, mindfulness, and that goes with all of your choices, what you buy, who you hang out with, the decisions mm -hmm. that you make the products that you use, your law of attraction, your intention. Uh, and this is why I reached out to Jillian to invite her to be a guest on Thriving in Chaos. You can thrive if you're not snarky and you're not healthy. <laughs> so everybody keep thriving. Love to you.